Hey, good evening. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. Something like that. False to start. Everyone. Yes, sir. It's in Southeast Louisiana. It is play by play. I don't even have my headsets on. Nothing. We're out of control today in the early stages. That's two days in a row. False start penalties. It wasn't two days in a row on me, though. No, but today it wasn't. Today, on me. yeah, today was not your fault. Um, hope everybody's enjoying their Thursday. I think yeah, Thursday. Uh, we've got a fun show coming your way today. We've got in the next segment Coach Andrew Kaiwet, who will be joining us. He's the AGL Bourgeois Boys basketball coach. They got a um, big one tomorrow against Vanderbilt Catholic, and they're going to be trying to make a statement on the road against the Terrier team that is one of the best in the area. And I think that, in my opinion, those are the two best teams in the area that will be going against one another there tomorrow. At noon, we'll talk some high school. Uh, 12-15, we got Stan for our Terrible and General Thursday interview. We'll be chatting with him. So we've got all sorts of things planned throughout the course of today's show. First, let's get to our boys and girls basketball scoreboards. Man, it was light last night, so we're not going to carry the whole segment doing that. We're going to talk about some things we saw at Vanderbilt and, and some things beyond in this opening segment. But we start ladies first. Girls basketball scoreboard from last night. Destrahan and Donaldsonville were supposed to play. Game got canceled. Hanville beats George Washington Carver 72-35, to so a great win for Hanville. Um, a game that we were at, John Curtis got a 49-42 to win over Vanderbilt Catholic out in Homa. We'll talk about that one more in just a second. That was a great, great ball game. That was one of our games of the week over on ESPN 100.3, and you actually also were able to hear it here on KLEB as well. Thibodeau. Gets back up on the horse. They had lost four games in a row, including a loss to South Lafouche last week. Uh, but they go on the road and beat Ascension Catholic 60-37. to So a good win for Coach Ashley Barba and her team getting back up. They have won two in a row now. They beat De La Salle before beating Ascension Catholic a couple days ago. Uh, 4A, we've got just the Vanderbilt and Curtis result. We go to 3A. Berwick defeats Hanson Memorial at the Hanson Memorial Tournament. Well, I saw Berwick in the Jamboree, and I ain't going to lie to you, I was wondering how many games they were going to win uh, as they struggled through the Jamboree, but they've won a handful now. They're turning into a, uh, a an opponent that you don't have to fear facing. They've got a handful of wins and can become a good PowerPoint opponent for some schools. Um, in single A, we had the Central Catholic girls lose to Hamilton Christian 47-42 to over at the Hanson Memorial Tournament, so Central Catholic falls in girls basketball action. Now, before we break down the uh, the Vanderbilt ball game, which we were at last night, let's get to the boys' scoreboard. In Class C versus 2A action, Grand Isle hosted home a Christian school yesterday in boys' basketball, and it was the Christian Warriors who get a 57-23 to win over Grand Isle. So Coach Jones was not happy with the way his team played against Ellender. Said he was missing a few pieces, said Ellender played exceptional, was making shots, everything. So they get back up on the horse, and they beat Grand Isle last night on the road going on the island. Karen Crow. At the Hanson Memorial Tournament, their boys roll past Central Catholic of Morgan City, 67-34. to 34. Tells me a couple of things. A, Karen Crow must be really good because I, I think highly of Central Catholic. Um, but B, Central Catholic, boy, they started late. But, boy, are they ever playing a bunch of games now. Remember, we had Coach Case on the radio Saturday, and he said something about they are going to have a stretch with like eight games in 11 days or something like that. He said seven games in 10 days, whatever it may, may be. Uh, they're going to be playing a whole lot, and uh, hopefully they, they got the legs to carry themselves through the Hanson Memorial Tournament. South Lafouche will be playing Destrahan on Friday. Tomorrow, a game you'll be able to hear on KLEB, and they fall at the St. James Tournament yesterday, 64-37 to against Dutchtown. So Dutchtown gets a win over Destrahan, keeps Destrahan winless 
on the season. Hanville gets a 13.84-71 win over De La Salle. Dude, look, man, 32 minutes of basketball to score 84. That's very impressive. It's one thing when you're beating somebody 130 and you're pressing them and you're getting eat, but both teams scored a lot. You got 155 points scored there, very high-scoring game, but Hanville gets the victory over De La Salle in uh, home action. They were at home. 4A, we go to the 4A scoreboard. Lutcher gets a three-point win over St. James, 79-76. to Lutcher, at least on paper, might be in pretty good position to be that second team to try to challenge Vanderbilt in a 4A district that's kind of down. Uh, they get a win over St. James, 79-76, to and frankly, another game that had a bunch of, bunch of points scored. Morgan City and Abramson, no score posted. In 3A we go, Berwick um, getting it. Let me see. I just scrolled it. I lost it. Berwick falling to Hanson Memorial, 37-30 to over at the Hanson Memorial Tournament. So Hanson gets a win over Berwick. Probably the most dramatic ending to a game last night was over at the Hanson Memorial Tournament where West St. Mary gets a 56-53 to win over Edie White. From what I understand, West St. Mary made a half-court shot at the buzzer to win that game. It was 53 all. West St. Mary heaves one up at the buzzer of um, from half court, and it goes through. That's a heartbreaking way for Coach Keefe and his team to get their first loss of the season, but I'm sure they'll get back on the horse in that tournament and do well. We told you about Central Catholic falling to Karen Crow, but we didn't tell you about CCA getting a 54-46 to win over Central Private. Um, so that wraps up our boys and girls basketball scoreboards from last night. Partner, we'll to get into the John Curtis Vanderbilt game in just a second, but who you lose on a half-court buzzer beat? I know you've lost on some buzzer beaters before, but have you ever lost on a half-court buzzer beater before? No, I don't. not a half-court um, shot in the corner. <laughs> I know Jaden Tyler <laughs> yeah. buried you guys at one time. Um, man, I can't imagine. I mean, if you're Coach Keefe, what would you be telling your guys? I mean, like, look, you played well enough to make it to overtime. Kid, just make – look, there's nobody that's making a skilled half-court shot. It was a lucky shot, and, and you lose because of that. Um, it's tough. Hopefully they can get back on the horse and bounce back and play better today. Yeah, that's tough. And, again, man, Destrahan coming in tomorrow night, winless on the season. I never thought that would uh, – that Destrahan would 0-8, 0-8, whatever they are, but um, – Again, we spoke about it earlier where they're uh, they don't have as many football players that are going out. And that, yeah, that's, they uh, can't. That's hurting yeah. them. Yeah, they can't have their football guys and have that record. There, there's no doubt about that. You look at their record on the season; they haven't won any games yet. And more important than not winning any games, they didn't haven't been competitive in a lot of their games. They have been getting uh, beat up pretty good. So, good opportunity for the Tarpons. But with all all that having been said, you I mean like Brody said yesterday. Yeah, they got no wins, you know, but we got one. So we're not in position to take anybody lightly. I think the Tarpons will be ready to go um, against a Destrahan team that is 0-8 and is going to be hungry to try to get their first win of the season. Yeah, they're going to come in hungry. And I'm anxious to see this game to see if they have any confidence, uh, their numbers in the program, if their numbers are still up or if they lost a few uh, players. Uh, we'll see tomorrow, but um, – I haven't seen them on film, so I really uh, don't know. I'm just going off uh, results from the, uh, the scoreboard. All right, so let's talk about last night. We were at HOMA uh, at Vanderbilt Catholic High School. We watched John Curtis get a road victory over Vanderbilt. 
Uh, in a back-and-forth game, it was a heavyweight fight. We knew going in it was two of the best teams in the state. They didn't disappoint. Curtis gets a 7-point, 49-42 win. Um, Vanderbilt had the lead in the fourth quarter by three with possession of the basketball. Curtis forces like a steal and gets a run-out layup, and then that was pretty much all she wrote. The dam broke after that. Curtis made the last run. I was talking to Alindra Brown, the John Curtis coach, after the game, and she basically echoed what we were talking about on the broadcast, which is that, hey, we've just got that championship pedigree. Our girls are not going to get rattled. They're not going to get flustered. And that was the difference last night. That and Des Dunes, who's one of the best players that we've seen, who's only a 10th grader. They had shot making. They had poise. They finished down the stretch. It's a learning experience for Vanderbilt. The next time they get into that spot, they might be able to finish the deal. But the team that is more experienced in winning those types of games was the team that won last night. Yeah, I think Vanderbilt had a great plan coming into the game. They slowed the Patriots down on offense with that little matchup zone defense that they were playing. And I was calling it a matchup. I don't know if it was a straight zone, but it looked more of a, a matchup. And um, they, they slowed them down. They did enough on the boards, and they defended the three-point shot enough where they've always were in striking distance, you know, and – Maybe it was seven, eight, nine, ten points, but they were always in striking distance. They made a, a great run in that fourth quarter, took the lead. But like you mentioned, the Patriots just they weren't phased by it. And they just they turned their defensive intensity up a little, forced a few turnovers from the Terriers, scored in transition, and Des Dunes uh, <laughs> just took over. I mean, she made some shots uh long distance and uh, allowed her team to to separate at the end. To, to pull out that victory. So they're now 9-2, and two, Curtis is. Their losses are to Mandeville in the opener and to Parkway earlier in the season. They have beaten Vanderbilt twice. They have beaten Ponchatoula. They beat Madison Prep twice. Um, so, yeah, they've got a great resume, and they're going to be one of the last teams standing for sure. Um, Des Dunes is only a sophomore, man. That's ridiculous. I was interviewing. I literally stopped and stuttered when she said she was only a sophomore. I was expecting to hear that she was a senior. But on the flip side to that, Vanderbilt only has one senior on their entire team. And, boy, Michaela Charles did everything she could last night, 20-plus points. Just didn't get enough offense around her. But my goodness, that's an unbelievable player. She scores primarily in the past. She was an inside threat. Now she handles the ball, brings the ball up the floor, scores from the mid-range, scores from the three-point line. She's a three-level scorer. Dude, she's one whale of a player. She uh, had a big one last night. They came up short, but she had a big one last night. Yeah, she's so versatile. You, she plays inside, outside. Uh, she can handle the basketball. She did a, a great job last night. And look, and, and all this, a great play, but she battles. She works hard on the inside, and if she – Gets uh, inside the post. And early on, they had her. She was kind of right above the short corner area. Uh, she moved closer into the paint. When she got closer to the goal, she's just a force to be reckoned with. And if she misses that first shot, she's just so good at, at getting offensive position and getting her own rebound. And uh, if you try and take her on outside, it can put her on the uh, on the perimeter, and, and she can score from there also. Vanderbilt will play Walker this weekend. Walker, who is 11-0. and 0. Walker, who is no one has stayed within single digits of them. Walker, who beat Thibodeau 56-13 to 13 earlier this year. So it's going to be a big test for Vanderbilt taking on another quality opponent. But, man, like, like coaches say all the time, and, heck, the John Curtis coach told me last night as well, 
These are the games that get you ready for the playoffs. And, you know, Curtis got Southern Lab coming up soon. Vanderbilt's got Walker coming up soon. Um, build up those battle scores and get yourself ready for the postseason. Yeah, if teams – Vanderbilt's defense is – I'm so impressed with the way they play team defense. And I think uh, they took a couple of charges. That's going to help them later on in the season. And they, uh, they're a solid team. And – they're going to go out there and compete. There, there, there's no doubt. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Let's catch a break. When we get back, Andrew Coyote will be joining us. He is one half of the coaching spectrum tomorrow on what is going to be one of the games of the year, HL Bourgeois and Vanderbilt, battling to see who's the top dog in our area on the boys' basketball side. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dofriend Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dofriend Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dofriend difference. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event, whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras, rodeo, or outdoor music venue. Joe Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe Septic Contractors can supply 1810, three and two stall restrooms, air conditioned trailers, anytime, anywhere. Call 24 7. Planning an event? Visit Joe Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. Welcome back to play-by-play Play here on KLEB. Casey Jisclair here with Coach Brian Kyler. We go to the phone lines for the first time today, and we have HL Bourgeois Boys Basketball Coach, Coach Andrew Cayouette on the line. Coach, good afternoon, man. How are we doing today? Hey, Casey, Brian. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Look, it's a big one for your team tomorrow. We're super excited. Uh, you guys are taking on Vanderbilt Catholic. You're playing well coming in. They're playing well coming in. So right out of the gate, man, I'm sure there's a little extra electricity in the locker room. I'm sure your boys are ready to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been talking to kids, and uh, they say, Coach, we ready, we ready. And, uh, you know, going over, I guess, <coughs> excuse me, I guess going over game plan makes it a little tougher when, when these kids grew up playing against each other. Uh, but there's definitely nothing you need to do to push a button or anything on these kids. And, and I'm sure Coach Veal, you know, is the same way. Uh, all of these kids are ready to play, and I had people talking to me about this matchup in the summer. So I think everybody in our area is looking forward to this. You came on with us, oh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago and said, hey, look, man, I like where we stand. I like the effort, but we're two and four. And at the end of the day, it's a bottom line. It's a results-based business. Since then, you guys haven't lost. You have gone on a big old winning streak and are playing some really good basketball. Talk about what changed there in the last couple of weeks. I think we just we just refocused a little bit and uh, started 
started getting into some finer tuning. Uh, I think, you know, the discipline has paid off and, and, uh, and, and where we're going in the direction and so forth. And look, we still got a ton of stuff to improve on. As I always talk, I mean, I'm never satisfied with, with our board work. Uh, but I mean, you look at his play and you watch it, watch us on film and, you know, we're trying to check out and we're, we're doing a good job and, you know, we're chasing down balls. I think we're going to get to a lot of loose balls now that we didn't get to early in the year. Uh, there's, there's just a joy amongst the kids. Uh, Drew, Drew showed me a, a clip, uh, when we were at Westgate the other night. And one of our kids had a breakaway, Taj Mosley, and he got up and he dunked it. And uh, and David Green and Chris Coleman were at his sides, basically. And basically, you see Taj jump up to dunk the ball, and you see DJ and Chris jumping along with them, and just the excitement and everything. So, I mean, that's just – I think that's the best way to describe it. The kids are just excited for each other. And when – as a coach, when you have that, I mean, everything's easy because now they truly care about winning and losing. Coach, one of the things that I was so impressed with your team at your home tournament this past weekend was you're playing a close, hard-fought game with Central Catholic. And, look, I know you guys like to push the tempo and get some quick shots and some quick transition offense. But in the fourth quarter, y'all were also able to pull it out, be patient, and in the half court kind of carve them up and get some easy buckets as well. A lot of times teams can't do both, but you guys prove that you can. And, boy, that's a big feather in y'all cap, especially late in the game when y'all have a lead. Yeah, I think we just we just sort of guard-oriented. Guard and, and, look, and I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I've coached a lot, a lot of special kids, and I'll put Chris Coleman up there, and I'm going to tell you what, I'll put his leadership amongst anybody that I've ever coached. And uh, he knows how to push the right buttons with the kids. He talks to them the right way. And, and they just obviously have a ton of respect for him. And uh, I, just, I just think it's a, it's a thing that's become contagious. The kids just enjoy sharing the basketball. And, and even though Chris is going to be our leading scorer most every night, I mean, I still say that's one of the things that makes us tough is you have no clue who our second, third, or fourth score is going to be. And, you know, we play nine, ten guys, and that second, third, fourth score of that particular night could come from any one of those other kids. And, uh, and I think we, you know, we're starting to understand a little bit more about movement within offense, not to always rely on the dribble to move the basketball. We're, we're doing a much better job of reading our cuts, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, whether it's a slip or a seal or a, a flare or a or curl or a straight cut or whatever, we're just doing, we're just becoming a lot more heady basketball players. And I think the game's just slowing down for a lot of our kids. Coach, that leads me to my question. Uh, you can play nine or 10 kids. Vanderbilt has that same luxury. They can play nine, 10 kids. How important is the depth on the bench play tomorrow night is going to be in a, in a big game? I think it's I think it's very important because you just don't know what you're going to get in crunch time from kids in a big situational game. Now you want to believe that that they're all going to be there, they're all going to uh, be ready to play. 
But even if they are all ready to play, what if uh, what if a little nagging injury pops up? What if uh, you know? What if a foul trouble pops up? And look, when we played our tournament last week, and and, and I don't, you know, no disrespect, I think Vanderbilt's probably tougher than all of those teams. But but we played some good teams, and when you can play with uh, three three key guys missing out of your lineup and still come out with victories. That's a huge thing. So I definitely think we're we're tested. And look, and I think I think this game, along with the next week game against Jesuit, I think it's just going to be big, huge games. And look, you're gonna you're gonna get some powerpoints no matter what, win or lose. But think about the powerpoints you get if you win this game. I mean, you you know you shoot way up there, and that and that sustains you for the rest of the year too, because. All, both the Vanderbilt and Jesuit are going to keep winning and winning and winning. For sure, man. Look, tell us a little bit about the matchup. They have great guard play. They've got some good shot makers just like you guys do. Um, what are some things you guys have to do well to try to limit them tomorrow? Uh, we have to get back in transition, and I think I think Coach Veal would say the same thing. We're both we're both excellent at pushing the basketball. So I think I think they have to they have to get back on us just like we have to get back on them. I think their guards really, really do a good job boarding. And, you know, and I'm talking offensive boards. I think we're probably stronger offensive boards than we are defensive boards. Uh, and I think offensive boards to kids like we're each blessed with is easier because those kids just have the hunger and the, and the desire to just go attack the ball. Um, obviously we got to stay out of foul trouble. We've got to hit our easy shots and, uh, we've got to force them into some tough situations. If we can make them play half court offense, just like I would say, coach would probably say that's an advantage for whatever team that can occur for. There you go. Look, man. Hey, thanks so much for the time. Uh, good luck to you guys tomorrow, man. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yep. That's Coach Andrew Kiwet doing a great job. They have won eight games in a row after a two and four start. I've seen them multiple times. I have seen Vanderbilt multiple times. Um, if you told me one way or another what the result would be, I wouldn't be surprised either way. You sort of favor Vanderbilt, A, because they're at home, B, maybe a little more battle tested, making it to the quarters last year. But boy, that's going to be a big showcase and potential. There's potential there. For a lot of points to be scored because we mentioned transition defense. Both teams are going to be looking to run at one another. There's a potential for a game in the in the seventies tomorrow. Are you looking at my notes? I, think. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was making some notes here as Andrew was speaking. Look, uh, I've said this the past couple of years. Vanderbilt, in my opinion, plays the best when they're playing fast. They're, they're a machine when they're playing fast because they got a lot of guards. And uh, we spoke about it during their game. Their guards are strong. They're quick. Their ability to get to the rim and finish is a big part of the game. And if you stop them from penetrating, they'll kick off a wide-open shots. So they, when they're their best, they're playing fast. HL has always played fast, and it, I think Coach Kaiwa wants to play faster. He, he told us early in the year, six seconds or whatever it is, that eight seconds, whatever number it was, that he wants to try and have a shot off so i think and you're right a lot of points potentially could be scored in this game and it could come down to a couple of things of who can finish in transition with because you know that if uh, vanderbilt gets the ball in transition hl's coming quick behind them and the other way around also and 
maybe which coach can make the adjustments in that second half to uh, give their kid, the, their team, uh, the best advantage. So I, it's, it's going to be a great game. I mean, you're looking at it on paper. Uh, I, I would agree with maybe the Terriers get the nod because they, they're at home. Uh, and the way they shot the ball the, their last game, I mean, they're going to be tough to beat. But HL, their defense is picking up. They're playing defense better and better. Uh, it's going to be one heck of a game tomorrow night. Yep, that's over at Vanderbilt Catholic tomorrow. They're the hosts there. That's probably the two best teams in our area locking up with one another. And it should be a whole lot of fun. And, and we have every intention on broadcasting that game for our game of the week, which we did a couple of them this week. We had Vanderbilt and South Plaquemine, and Vanderbilt and John Curtis. But we need you guys' support, man. We need folks to buy in and rally around this. So, Brian, if somebody wants to be part of our Game of the Week team, what do they have to do to get involved? They can call us here at the office at 798-7748. They can reach me on my cell at 985-691-1809. And uh, we'll make sure you're part of our team. And uh, Tarpon fans, we're not shying away from the Tarpons. This is something extra that we are doing for our area and our region trying to bring uh, good basketball to the to everyone and promote our student-athletes in our area. So uh, thanks for, uh, for Truck for allowing this to happen. And, again, uh, we're asking for some help to make sure that we can continue doing these things and bringing games every week. No doubt. Very well said. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll talk about a uh, coaching hire in the high school ranks. And then we also might dive into some Draymond Green stuff. Giannis had some drama last night. We'll get some thoughts on that. All leading into Stan Gravois at 12-15. He will be joining us uh, to for our Terrible General Thursday interview. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackets. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Alvino. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Medicaid members, keep your coverage. Update your address, email address, and cell phone number to receive information regarding your benefits. Act now. If you get a letter from Louisiana Medicaid, read it and respond as soon as possible. For more information or to update your info, call the number on your insurance card or visit healthy.la.gov. That's healthy.la.gov. 
Remember to update all required information before Medicaid deadlines so you don't lose your coverage. Thibodeau Regional Health System was recently named one of the nation's 50 top cardiovascular hospitals by IBM Watson Health. This award for delivering the best quality and most cost-effective heart and vascular care is important. Why? Because high-quality heart care close to home is not only convenient, it's life-saving. When it comes to matters of the heart, choose the experts at Thibodeau Regional. Some very interesting coaching news yesterday in our area. So not really in our area, but it's a guy that's familiar with our area. Is we got wind that St. James, our former St. James head football coach, Coach Robert Valdez, who was an assistant football coach at Grambling in recent years, has been hired at St. Augustine. Um, coach Valdez was a head coach at West St. John and St. James before going to the college level. At West St. John, he allowed his team to finish as state runners-up in 2011, which is a great accomplishment. And then with St. James, he won the state championship in 2019. Now, he's taking over a St. Aug team that was 3-7 and seven last year, but don't pay any mind to that record. They're in a brutal district, and a lot of the games that they lost were by 3 points, 6 points. Like They could have easily been 7-3, and three, as evident by the fact that they got into the playoffs as the number 22 seed and won 43-6 to in their first game against number 11, McKinley, and then lost in the second round 49-42 to to John Curtis. So if you're playing within seven points of John Curtis, you actually got a good roster. Coach Valdez uh, has won everywhere he's been. I know some folks who are St. Augustine alums. Uh, shout out Coach Latin if you're listening. I know he's one of them. Everyone that I have seen commenting on the stories, everyone that has talked to me personally, they're super excited, super fired up. A guy from the outskirts of the Bayou region, Coach Valdez, going to St. Aug. And, boy, that Catholic League just got a little bit tougher because he's going to make that program uh, really good. He's won everywhere he's ever been. Yeah, uh, coached at Thibodeau High for a couple of years. Yep, sure did. And uh, I remember way back when he uh, he was the head girls basketball coach. When I, I was there with Coach Coyouette for that one year, he had coached the girls. But uh, a great hire for St. Aug. You can't uh, – I, I can see why their fan base and their alumni would be very excited about the hire, and he's going to do a tremendous job. So that move was announced yesterday. Um, Grambling, uh, I believe, replaced their head coach. Their coaching staff had some some things get shuffled up there. Um, let's talk about this. Last night in the NBA, we had some drama. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks defeated the Indiana Pacers – uh, 140 to 126, high scoring game. Neither team played defense. Giannis scored 64 points. The Bucks and the Pacers are becoming rivals, right? They played one another in the playing tournament. Indiana beat them, and now there's some bad blood, whatever it may be. I, I keep calling it the playing tournament, the end season tournament. Giannis scored 64 points last night, but as soon as the game goes final, the Pacers take the game ball and run it into their locker room, which causes Giannis to go ballistic. He's chasing down the Pacers and having to be held back. He wants to fight the whole team. Indiana said that they took the game ball because one of their players, a rookie, made his NBA debut, and he scored in the game, so they wanted the game ball for him. Giannis wanted the game ball for him. Now we're all fighting. They give the ball to Giannis finally, and he says after the game, uh, 
I don't think that it's actually the game ball that they gave me because I felt it and it doesn't feel right. And a bunch of crybabies, man. Like, what are we doing? We're we're fighting one another over who gets a damn basketball after the game. Giannis, you scored 64. That's your career high. That's incredible. Let the rookie have the ball. The rookie might not ever score again. He, he played all the season so far and hadn't scored. Let the rookie have the damn ball, Giannis. Come on, man. Hey, hey, hey good for the Pacers. Take one off the rack. Wherever he puts this, Giannis puts this ball, wherever it's, he's going to put it, ain't no one going to realize or think, is that actually the game ball? It's like, who care? I mean, so what? Take one off the rack. Here, here you go. Here's the game ball. Congratulations. He said, well, yeah, apparently he knows, but he said, I have no idea. I'm not going to lie to you. I really don't know. I have a ball, but I don't know if it's the game ball. It doesn't feel like the game ball. It feels like a brand new ball. I could tell. I played 35 minutes with that ball today. I know how the ball felt. The ball that I have, I'll take it and I'll give it to my mom, but I don't think it's actually the game ball. <laughs> these these NBA guys are a trip, man. This is ridiculous. We're, we're debating and, and spewing over... Who gets a ball at the end of the game? What are we doing, well, man? Look, you see in the NFL locker rooms, these coaches, I give the game ball. To, is that the actual game ball? It's not. I'm, it's a little different. Okay, you got more than one football you're using a game, but if you sometimes uh, coaches, everybody on the offense gets a game ball. Or everybody in the locker room gets a game ball. You didn't use why does, 50. It, why does it actually have to be the ball yeah, that you played? That's what I, nobody knows. You put it up on a shelf. Um, yeah, okay. Five years from the look, that's the game ball. He, he's gonna if you want to sell it, you're gonna get a lot money, a lot of money, regardless. People don't know. Your boy uh Carr had some things to say yesterday. Uh let me play the clip for you. He was asked about fans booing. And uh, he had this to say. My son was, true story, he's frustrated with his math homework. He's getting really upset at it. He won't even look at the page. I look, look, son, it's okay. I'm going to start booing you right now, too. You know, and he, he, and he made him laugh. You know, I was like, it doesn't matter, buddy. Just focus and do your best, man. That's all you can do. Knocked his homework out, and it was just a great lesson for him. You know, it was a great lesson as a dad to be able to teach him. So, look, man, I, I love everybody, and I, I'm going to do my best this week to get everyone excited, complete all the passes I can complete score all the points that we can score. And I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep giving everything that I physically can, everything mentally that I can uh, to do my best. And I know all of our team is doing that. Um, but we got to give them some stuff to get excited about. Uh, and we have in certain halves, you know, but we got to do it as a whole, uh, you know, so we can, you know, keep being positive and keep getting excited about all the fun stuff that we believe that we can do. So a couple of things. Hey, you guys heard it but didn't see it. So I'm going to show you now. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute this, but look at look at him. He's moving from side to like it's like he's on drugs or something. Like he doesn't look comfortable at all in this video clip. He is rocking and swaying, and I, I give him credit. I mean, he did say, "Hey, we have to give the fans something more to be excited about." But dude, like quarterback's kind of a weirdo, bro. Like talking about booing his kid, doing his homework. Like dude's a weirdo, man. Look, they're not booing your effort. Everyone knows you're trying. They're booing the fact that you stink. You're not a good quarterback. And you can come up and, and, and talk. Are you going to give a lesson to your son about his homework? Great. That's awesome. You got Dad of the year if you want. <laughs> but you're, 
you're not producing, and, and not even the money wise. You know, uh, you getting all this money, you got to produce. As a starting NFL quarterback, you're not producing right now, and the fans, I, yes, I, I, I agree. They should be booing him. So what he's telling his kid, I'm gonna boo you right now. So he's gonna go up to a guy on the playground and. Guy might miss it. They might be playing a little game in basketball recess and miss a shot. He might boo him. What is he doing? Uh, yeah, I'm going to boo you. Very interesting comments. Um, look, I was trying to be a good dad, whatever, and that that's obviously more important. But, boy, the one thing he has not been this year is a good quarterback, and I've been saying it all week long. I think the Giants are coming to the Dome. I think they're going to beat the Saints. I saw a stat that reaffirms that. Derek Carr is 32nd, dead last in quarterback rating against the Blitz. You know who blitzes the most in the NFL? No. The New York football Giants. I think they're going to put Carr in his ass over and over and over again on Sunday. I don't think DeVito's going to tear anything up, but I could see the Giants winning an ugly game on Sunday in the Dome because I just don't think New Orleans' offense is any good. You gained 200 yards against Carolina on Sunday. You won because of a special teams play. You won because Bryce Young is somehow worse than what Derek Carr is, as hard as that is to imagine. I don't see the same thing happening. I think the Giants are going to get Saquon Barkley going on the ground, and I don't think they're going to make the foolish mistakes that Carolina did. I don't see the Saints winning on Sunday. I just don't. Hey, you are who you are, Saints. And let me give you a stat. Saints won six games? Six and seven, yes, sir. Five. Five of those wins have come against teams that are in last place Jeez. in their division. My goodness. That is... So you're beating teams that are in last place, which you should, but that's it. You got the easiest schedule in the league, and you haven't been able to take advantage of it. It's extremely frustrating. Draymond Green got suspended Ooh. yesterday. Oh, yay for that. He is suspended indefinitely by the NBA for striking Phoenix Suns center Yusef Nurkic in the face during Tuesday night's game. Green got a flagrant two foul and was ejected. The NBA's release says the indefinite suspension takes into account Green's repeated history of unsportsmanlike acts. He will be required to meet certain league and team conditions before he returns to play. He is going to lose $153,000 per game of his suspension if it's fewer than 20 games and $202,000 per game if his suspension is more than 20 games. Draymond Green has been ejected three times this season, which is a tie for the most in the NBA. He is number one in the NBA in technical fouls, and earlier this season... He was suspended five games for putting Rudy Gobert in a chokehold. When Rudy Gobert was trying to break up a fight, Draymond went and got behind him and tried to UFC choke him out. This latest instance, he's tied up with the center, turns around, punches him in the face. The dude is out of control. The dude has now been suspended one, two, three, four, five times by the league. This is the sixth. Um... I don't know how long indefinite is going to be. The last suspension after the Gobert thing was five games. I'm thinking at least 10, 15 games here. It hurts the Warriors. I don't care to hell with the Warriors. I'm not a fan of theirs anyway, but it does hurt the Warriors. This dude's out of control, man. Good on the NBA for saying, hey, bro, we're putting you on ice, man. Like something's wrong with you. He's going to have to get some counseling or something. Something is wrong with you. Yeah, um, he's out till January. There, there's no doubt. The rest of this month, he's done. I don't know how many games they have. In that stretch, but he, he he's done and good good luck with with uh 
anybody that's in charge of uh, giving him some counseling, good luck with that. I, he uh, he doesn't think anything's wrong. But that, there you go. After the chokehold, he's like, well, I ain't sorry. Uh, he put his hands on me. For... He did apologize for this last action, but he didn't apologize for swinging. He just said, hey, I swung. I didn't mean to hit him in the face. Didn't deny that he was trying to hit something. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't. He goes, I don't flop. I try and sell the fouls with my hands. Yeah, by, by punching so the he guy. he just who, turned around and, yeah. It, it's, uh, and like we spoke yesterday about this. If if, if this had been the first time something like this happens. Benefit of the doubt. Okay, yeah. But it's not. It's and uh, His teammates need to step up. And there was, there's some talk about he's only going to listen to a certain – uh, to Curry and uh, maybe the coach. Uh, besides that, he don't listen to many people, and because he doesn't think anything's wrong, um, it's affecting his, his team now. It, it's uh, and, and kudos to the NBA for stepping in and and, and trying to take control of the situation, which is going to be an uphill battle because it's uh, almost too far gone with him, but. We'll see if he can uh, go through the, the, the proper steps and, and, <laughs> and, and get back playing, but uh, I, I just don't see that happening. Tonight in the NFL, we got the Chargers and the Raiders. The Chargers are going to be without Justin Herbert, who's out for the season with a uh, finger injury. The Raiders' offense is a mess. They've got problems. They played a three to nothing game last Sunday. They've won three or lost three in a row. The Chargers have lost four or five. Um, Panda, yet another Thursday night matchup that I don't have any interest in watching at all. This is going to be ugly. Two backups playing. Now, this is going to be not a very fun football game. A great scheduling by the NFL. And look, they didn't know this before the season, but my goodness, yeah, they had some uh, bummers. They, this is a clunker right here. Saturday is more exciting. You got seven and six Minnesota taking on seven and six Cincinnati. Seven and six Pittsburgh taking on seven and six Indianapolis. And seven and six Denver taking on nine and four Detroit. So Saturday, Saturday we do get some good games, but not tonight. That's going to be brutal. The only thing that's worth watching tonight locally is to see if Amik Robertson gets an interception for Las Vegas. That's the only thing that yeah. I'll be paying attention to there. Let's catch a break when we get back. Stan will be joining us. We've got our Terrebonne General Thursday interview. We'll be chatting with Stan about high school athletics, but also we'll branch out do a little college and pro. It's play by play. We'll be right back after this. Merry Christmas. Enjoy the presents under the tree, the people who put them there, and the extra spark of gratitude the season brings. Happy holidays from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Season's greetings from A.J. LeBlanc and the staff at LeBlanc Insurance Agent. You keep us glowing and bright all year round, and we look forward caring for your needs in the coming year. Happy holidays and have a great new year. God bless all of you, A.J. LeBlanc. Terrebonne General Multi-Specialty Clinic, we're dedicated to your well-being. Our expert team of healthcare professionals offers convenient, comprehensive medical care in one trusted location. Whether you're dealing with common illnesses like cold and flu, diabetes, breathing issues, or need help managing your health, our caring and knowledgeable staff are here to treat your symptoms. Call 985-873-4729 or visit tghealthsystem.com to schedule your same or next day appointment. Time is money. 
Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Join Talk on the Bayou from 10 to 11.30 a.m. Monday through Friday on the Raging Cajun. We cover local news topics, politics, and entertainment each weekday. And it's all brought to you in part by Lady of the Sea General Hospital, Rev, and Thibodeau Regional Health System. Talk on the Bayou Monday through Friday from 10 to 11.30 a.m. Right here on the Raging Cajun, KLEB 1600 a.m. and 102.7 FM. Wrestling has more than one. Royal family. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. It is Thursday, so that means it's time to go check in with our partner, Mr. Stan Gravois, who's on the line now. Stan, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? I am doing well, and I'd like to start off by apologizing. On uh, on Saturday morning, I was sort of missing in action for you guys, and I apologize. I uh I didn't call in simply because my son had a little fender bender, and I found the value of having your cell phone with you, which I did not have with you. <laughs> no. I learned a lesson. But I do apologize for that. Uh, no apology necessary, bro. Family first always, man. Look, uh, Brian and I had the privilege of being at Vanderbilt Catholic last night, watching the girls' basketball team take on John Curtis. John Curtis is really, really good. But then again, so is Vanderbilt. It was a great ball game. The Patriots did enough to win it. Uh, but it felt like a top 28 game, probably because both teams are going to be in the top 28 and the Patriots get a hard-fought win. Uh, but there ain't no shame in the Terriers uh, per- performing as well as they did and coming up a little bit short against that team. Yeah, I think Vanderbilt, even, you know, I'm going to throw in some of the Ellender teams that have been very, very good girls basketball teams over the last probably 10 years. Ellender might be as good as what we've seen in the area. Then you see a team like John Curtis come in and do what they do. And then you hear that Lafayette Christian may be better than both of them. And you start to wonder how good, you know, some of these teams are. Listen, if Vanderbilt sort of stays the course, the one thing with all of the different brackets we have now, they're not going to see John Curtis. So that's a good thing. You know, because listen, that's twice John Curtis has done this. So obviously John Curtis is really good. And I'm not saying they necessarily have Vanderbilt's number, but they certainly have the talent to beat Vanderbilt. I think you start looking around at what your competition is, and I do think it's first year Jawaski probably has scheduled to make sure that I just don't get in the playoffs and go 3D. I get in the playoffs and have a chance to win it all, and I think that's the way he set up things this year, and I think it's going to help him in the long run. Tomorrow night, we got on the boys' side a matchup of what I think are the two top teams in the area. You got the Vanderbilt boys who are coming in, playing some good ball. H.L. Bourgeois won eight in a row. We had Andrew Cayouette on earlier in the show. He's super excited. The community's super excited. Um, it feels like a matchup locally of number one versus number two, and we'll see who's going to be the big dog at the end of the night whenever the, the dust settles, so to speak. Yeah, I, I, I would say that it is. I would say for H.L. Bourgeois, it's sort of like playing when you get in the heat of 7-5-A competition and maybe Destrahan get some of their basketball kids back, even though they don't look good right now, I, I, I think that's sort of an illusion because I think they probably will be. And then you're going to have Hornville, who's going to be really good. This is that type of game for them. 
so they can't go wrong by playing this. I think it was probably a smart move by Andrew to play because everybody knew Vanderbilt was going to be so good this year. I don't think Vanderbilt's at that level they want to be for sure, and they play in such a tough bracket when it gets to uh, playoff time too. So a good game for both teams. Uh, listen, the one thing about H.L. Bourgeois, and I've said this on this show and I've said it for many, 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 many a year, we sit in Terrebonne Parish and we sort of pray that H.L. never gets everything together, if you're an opponent. I mean, obviously, if you're a fan of H.L., you hope that they do. But that being said, they have such that perfect layout of population. They have the kids from the northern part of Homa. They got the country kids that come in. They have, you know, it goes all the way into Gibson. So think about that. You know, when you think H.L. Bourgeois just borders Thibodeau. No, it doesn't. It borders Morgan City. It borders Central Catholic. It borders Central Lafouche on the other side. It's such a vast area. And they have the biggest population of any of the schools in our area. So you know that when when things are right there, it's going to be good. And Andrew has had that before and maybe getting that a little bit right now. He's got a lot of athletic talent on that team. I watched him actually practice the other day. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that he could be in for some good things. The one thing is that I've noticed this about HL over the last couple of years, not, not in Andrew's entire tenure, but over the last couple of years, they'll go on streaks and they'll just be hot. And you think, ooh, this is the team, right? And then all of a sudden, there's like four or five that they lose in a row, and you're scratching your head, and you don't necessarily know why. I mean, sometimes it's just competition. But uh, I, I think if they can play consistent, they can compete with Vanderbilt and compete in 7-5-8. Eh? So Brian and I have been talking with coaches about this throughout the week, and they are extremely nervous and disgruntled and don't like the, what I'm about to tell you. But on the ballot in January is an executive committee proposal which would allow a free one-time transfer for any Louisiana High School Athletic Association student-athlete, which I think would cause recruiting to be out of control, more so than what it already is. And in essence, it would create basically a transfer portal in high school athletics and that kids would be able to go from one school to the next one time for free without having to sit out I think that that's a nightmare. I don't think it's going to pass, but the fact that they're trying to get it to pass shows where we're headed in the future. And uh, the coaches locally don't like it. Uh, we had Dennis Gaines on earlier in the week. He was adamant that this would be terrible. What say you, Mr. Retired Coach, hearing that there might be a portal coming to high school sports? <laughs> I don't, I don't what, what say me? I'm glad I'm retired. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Brian and I could just sit back and kind of look at all of this and go, you got to be kidding me. The things we thought five years ago are just like, if you would have told us and, you know, had a crystal ball and said in five years, these are some of the things that are going to be put on the table, we would have cracked up laughing at you, man. It, it would have been like, yeah, okay. And, and it's actually sort of coming to fruition. Yeah, I heard this same thing. The only thing is, is a lot of the coaches that I know yeah, locally – are saying it sort of doesn't matter, and you can't compare it to what the NCAA did simply because we still have zones. We still have attendance zones. So a lot of the guys at the public schools in Terrebonne Parish are like, it doesn't matter because a kid can't. If he's playing at school A on the east side of the parish and he wants to go play at school B on the west side of the parish, the state can say, LHSA can say, yeah, you can make that move one time. But 
the parish still says you can't make that move. You can't go out of your zone to go to another school just because you feel like it. So it's sort of a mute point related to schools that have zones. So, you know, that, that that's silly. Now, I do understand you do have a situation where, you know, Vanderbilt Catholic zone is Terrebonne High zone. Homer Christian zone is Terrebonne High zone. CCA zone is HL Bourgeois zone. So some of those kids who are just jumping ship and going to another school still have to go through some hoops. What this ruling would do would basically say you can leave and do it automatically. And in those instances, nobody could tell them anything. But just to be a full, you know, wild, wild west, I don't think it can happen in this area. I don't I don't think a kid, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know exactly what the attendance zone rules are, I don't think a kid who's playing at South LaBouche can just get up and leave and go to Central, right? No, not the way that it would be worded, but but what it does is you have schools like Zachary, who's an independent school district who basically does what they want to do, they would be able to cherry pick. Like It would create situations, in my, in my estimation, where private schools and schools that have a little more lax uh, in terms of their boundaries – they would basically be able to do whatever they want, and and man, that would be it'd be crazy to see what would happen then. So basically, we're saying the rich are going to get richer. Amen. I mean, you know, and that that's essentially what's going to happen. And by the way, and this was just on social media. I don't know much about it past what I read on social media, and we know that social media could be all over the place. But that story coming out of Zachary about a kid who couldn't play basketball because <laughs> they found that him going there was illegal to play basketball but it's okay if you play everything else that is about as big a joke as anything i've ever heard and that's when again you know i'll get on the phone with my friends who are retired now coach curlin and coach barber and all of those guys and we sit and we laugh and go what 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 are we talking about because i gotta tell you man if i'm down here and we had open enrollment I would be getting kids to come in to play, you know, all kind of other sports and then say, oh, well, yeah, you can't play that, but sure, we'll, we'll let them play football. So they're making rules. It sounds like the LHSAA just doesn't want to deal with things, right? <laughs> they just, you know, just, they're just letting everything go. If the LHSAA passes that rule in, in January, can a kid from South LaFouge go to E.D. White or Vanderbilt and play right away? Uh, then, yes. I guess the benefit would go to a school that is private in nature and doesn't have a zone. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess, I, guess you, I guess you have a great point there, Brian. I guess you could do that. Now, the flip side of that is, is if you have a kid who is living in, say, La Rose, and he's going to Vanderbilt, and he said, in the middle of the year, said, I'm not liking this, I guess he would be automatically eligible to go to school at South LaFouche. Ooh, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a problem we have to deal with. Hopefully it gets voted down. Look, we've got a coaching vacancy in our area. Tommy Minton announces that he is retiring from Vanderbilt Catholic. I had heard some some whispers right after the season that this was a, a possibility and that Coach Minton was kind of tired and worn out. Um, look, the interesting thing about the Vanderbilt situation is, A, it's a really good job. B, you've got a lot of talent coming back. But C, you have a lot of coaches internally on that staff that are more than qualified to run their, their own program. They've got several former head coaches. They've got a couple of former Vanderbilt head coaches. So I'm going to be interested interested to see if they go outside of the area or if they're going to promote from within. 
Uh, how do I say this? I'm going to uh, I'm going to bet my house that it'll be within. How's that? Sounds like you know something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop there because some things could happen. I don't think they're going to happen, but I think I think I I think. Listen, this is just a opinion on what do they call it? A hypothesis. Yeah. I think this is this is built around hearing things. So I I certainly don't have the final answer on this, but I'm just going to make this assumption of behind what I've heard is that they 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 know exactly what's going on in the future. How's that? Yeah, that's good. But uh, I would I'd like you to text me a few more details after we hang up. <laughs> that. I tell you what, that's a deal. I will definitely do that because I think that the one thing you and I will text and Brian will you know, we'll text, and when we know that it's still not confirmed, one and two, we don't want to mess with kids' lives. Sure, we sort of keep it between ourselves, but we are proud when we know something that maybe somebody <laughs> else doesn't know. Too. No doubt, so, yeah, man. I'll send y'all that text. Look, the Saints are playing the Giants in the Dome on Sunday. I've said throughout the week, I think the Giants are going to beat the Saints on Sunday. The Giants are playing good football coming in. DeVito has given them a little bit of a spark. I put zero stock in New Orleans getting a win Sunday because they were just less bad than Carolina was. Vegas disagrees with me. The Saints are a touchdown favorite, um, but I don't know, man. It's going to have to be better than it was Sunday against Carolina because your offense was still bad. And you're facing a Giants team that's coming in hot, having won three in a row. You know, immediately after the Giants won on on Monday night, I was like, "Well, this is easy. The Giants are gonna they, they're gonna boat race the Saints, probably." You know, and then you see the line come out of Vegas, and you know Vegas is so good, and you go back to thinking, "What do they know that we don't know?" What? And listen, the Giants are coming off of a Monday night game; they have to get on the road. Uh, I guess, you know, Vegas looks at every single stat there is related to that. So maybe they there's something to it. But I don't know if anybody from Las Vegas sat around and watched the Saints play Carolina <laughs> last week. Because the one thing they saw was, what was the score, 28-6 to six or whatever? Yes, sir. And, and you see that score and you think one thing. But if you watch that game, you, 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 you're chuckling to yourself that it got the way it did because – yeah, that was a lot of that game. I thought the Saints were going to lose. Uh, I don't know. You know, uh, I, I plan on being with you guys on Saturday. And usually on Thursday, I could tell you how I'm going to pick games on a Saturday. I can't tell you right now because I just don't see how the Saints can win it. And maybe I want to hear some explanation of why they're six-point favorites in this game. LSU's 2024 football schedule was released yesterday. Everybody knew the opponents before, but now we've got the dates. The Tigers are opening with USC in Las Vegas on a Sunday night, then playing Nichols. Then you got a road game with South Carolina, a home game at UCLA. Then you play South Alabama, have a bye. And in your conference, you play these teams in order. Ole Miss at home, Arkansas on the road, Texas A&M on the road, bye week, then Alabama at home at Florida, home against Vanderbilt, and closed the season with Oklahoma. So, man, that's kind of interesting. Texas A&M had long been the final game of the season for LSU for the last couple of years. Now you close with Oklahoma. Um, Nichols is on the schedule. That's interesting. USC and UCLA are on the schedule. That's interesting. It's going to be a hard schedule. Every SEC schedule is, but 
going to be interesting now when you get a look at that order and see, you know, hey, no new Thanksgiving tradition playing Oklahoma. It's kind of different. I think that'll be the easiest SEC schedule for LSU for the next five or six years at least because you got Vanderbilt on there, right? And yes, everybody sir. Everybody would love to have Vanderbilt in the SEC to get that kind of gimme game. And although, you know, we certainly respect Nichols' program, uh, considering the resources, it shouldn't be a tough one for LSU. So I think this is probably as manageable a schedule as you can get. You mentioned Oklahoma. I think the SEC is trying to make Oklahoma and LSU the big rival game because you can't do it with Texas A&M because Texas A&M and Texas is going to be the big rival game, right? They're going to cater to those two teams, uh, being the two teams that are furthest from the West. And then who was I thought possibly would go back to being Arkansas, to be honest with you, especially with the boot, you know, and, uh, and, and all of that type stuff. And uh, when I saw it was Oklahoma, it's like, good. The only thing is, is listen, there are some things that are going to happen with the SEC that we've seen traditionally that are going to sort of change things. For example, you know, the bye week of before the Alabama game. I'm not sure how that's all going to play out in the future, you know, because I don't know that you could do that. As a matter of fact, they were talking about the Iron Bowl always having a, a, a gap between it. But I think Alabama has to play like, I don't know who it is. It's somebody really tough, like the week before they play Auburn. And they've never had to do that before. So I do think little things in the schedule that we take for granted that have been done for years and years and years in the past are going to change the way the SEC is done. It, I will, and the other thing is, is the heck with the, re, the, heck with the Big Ten, the heck with the Big 12, Whoever wins that SEC, that's your national champion, and and that, that it's a done deal. There you go. Look, the Tigers have started their bowl game practices. Um, have not seen Jaden Daniels out there yet. He said after winning the Heisman Trophy that he was still making that decision. But a little bit of a surprise is that we have seen Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas. They were two guys that were rumored to maybe be opt-outs. Neighbors is like 20-something yards away from a benchmark, so he's going to go try to chase that. Brian Thomas is going to be out there. So maybe, just maybe, if Daniels doesn't play, we'll get a chance to see Nussmeyer with the full allotment of weapons. And what that'll do is that'll give Brian Kelly and his staff a chance to evaluate whether or not he's ready to be a starter or whether or not you got to go portal shopping because the Tigers have quietly been hosting transfer portal quarterbacks and trying to sign some. So this bowl game, if Daniels does not play, will be a big-time opportunity for Nussmeyer to try to take the, uh, the starting job by the horns. I would love to be in the LSU coaches' room when those guys are talking privately between themselves, because I, you know, I, there's part of me that thinks that Coach Kelly and Denbrook and all of these guys are going, God, we got to do whatever we can to make sure Jaden Daniels leaves now. <laughs> we love him, we thank him, but it's time for him to go because we, by playing him, if he chooses to play, are sort of behind the eight ball because we had the primo opportunity to see Garrett play and to see what Garrett can do and put him under fire. And I, I think they're, I think pushing him out the door is a little bit of a strong statement, but I don't think they would mind one bit if Jake Daniels would walk in there and say, I just don't want to do it. Now, if he says he wants to do it, I think you're sort of obligated to play him. Uh, and uh, as an LSU fan, like most people are in Louisiana, you want to see it, <clears throat> but 
but I, I don't know that it matters that much. And listen, I'm, I'm old school, man. I wish none of these guys would opt out. But in this case, I wouldn't mind seeing what Nussmeier can do, especially, especially to get a little confidence with neighbors and Thomas playing if they do choose to play. That would be kind of awesome to see him go in there and do extremely well. Of course, you're going to have a bunch of yahoos who are going to say, oh, he would have won the Heisman if he had played all year or whatever. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I, w- I would like to see him play. I'm not going to be super disappointed, and usually I am. When guys opt out, usually I'm just like really, uh, it, you know, I guess it's like my childhood going on the wayside because it's like we used to love the bowl games. Now the bowl games are starting, uh, they're like scrimmages for the next year. And in this case, I'm sure LSU would love to see what Garrett Nussmeyer can do. You know what's crazy, and we'll leave you with this, is like in the last few years since the transfer portal stuff had started, by and large, the teams that were, you know, in the playoffs were immune to losing guys. You know, hey, guys wanted to stick around. They wanted to try to help their team win the national championship. That's not the case this year. Alabama has lost a couple of players to the portal who are not going to be with the team for the playoff. Texas, their backup quarterback, Malik Murphy, announced today he's in the portal, which means Arch Manning is now their backup for the playoff game, should anything happen to yours. Like, usually these guys would wait it out and, hey, let's go try to win a championship. We're all the way bought in. Now we're seeing teams in the playoffs lose guys to the portal. Like, it's crazy the lack of loyalty and how, like, winning a championship just doesn't even mean anything to some of these kids. It's crazy. Yeah, and listen, the guys from Alabama I know weren't players per se, but the kid from Texas actually won two games for them this year. And yours, we know over the last two years, has been susceptible to not finishing a game. So that one kind of caught me by surprise a little bit. He has stated, it looks like emphatically, that, this is not an anti-Texas thing. I appreciate everything they've done for me. But if I don't get in this portal now, I'm going to miss the boat. So he's doing it. And then the next thing you think is, is uh, well, Arch Manning, who is going to stay the course, is going to fall right in line. Like, you know, usually the, the Mannings don't seem to be those kind of guys who are going to take off and leave and do those type things. So... I, I don't know what to say about it anymore. It, it's sort of crazy. The NFL and the NCAA have one thing in common. It's basically pro football. But the difference is is that the NCAA has passed up the NFL of how you can just go wherever you want. You still have some contract issues related to the NFL, the NCAA, there's no contracts, there's no nothing. You can take off whenever you want. Can you imagine if a team was going to the Super Bowl in the NFL and, like, you know, two weeks before or even a week before, some guy who is, you know, a backup guy, special team, just says, I'm not playing in the Super Bowl. You know, I can make more money with this team next year, so I am going to leave now because they told me I have to leave now if I want to play with them. So, so what's happened is, is the NCAA has sort of surpassed the N- NFL as far as being like uh, flat out crazy. Well, you know what's going to end up happening, and I, I actually had a, an agent tell me this: the next phase of NIL, the next big thing in NIL, and I'm going to just throw Gordon, you know, McKernan, the the big attorney in Baton Rouge, and I'm going to use him as an example. Gordon's going to sign these kids out of high school to NIL deals, and in the fine print, it's going to be. 
yo, you're getting these benefits, but it it's mandated on you getting or staying at LSU for three years or four. Like they're going to start signing NIL contracts that are going to lock them into their schools. That's what's going to end up happening to uh, to kind of protect the programs. It's crazy. Well, they they better have a lot of money. Yep. Because what's going to happen is is the other agent. The, or the other agency that's going to pay money, the other Gordon McKernan, they're going to say, well, you can sign here, and you don't have to stay three years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yep, it's, it's be, nuts. They're going to go back and forth, and, and so it's going to get crazy either way. I, it's, it's, it's just absolutely nuts how it's all going to work out. And I like, you know, when Rule said there's slot money associated with positions, that's, that's how it's going to work going forward. And, uh, I, I don't know. I, I hate it. I hate that it's going to be like that, but it is going to be like that. Whoever learns to play the game the quickest is going to be the team that's going to win. No doubt, man. Look, thanks so much for the time. Thanks for joining us, and we'll chat again on Saturday, brother. All right. Thank you guys very much. Y'all have a great day. Yep. That is Stan Grobbaugh doing an excellent job, as always, man. This transfer portal stuff is crazy. I'm all for the kids being able to have a little more freedom. As Look, the coaches leave, and they come and they go as they please. But, man, when you got dudes leaving the locker room before playoff games and, like, it, it – it's it's nuts. We didn't anticipate it being this crazy whenever it started. It's nuts. Corruption is a coming. Yep. Uh, well, speaking of corruption is a coming. Let's uh, close out this segment by talking about Will Wade and McNeese. <laughs> <laughs> they um, I was wrong yesterday. I picked against them in my betting picks. Um, McNeese is good, man. Oh my gosh. Will Wade coached for the first time in almost seven hundred days, and they beat Southern Miss at home, sixty-seven to forty-eight. They are now nine and two on the season. Um, they are the head and shoulders favorite to win the Southland Conference. Will Wade said after the game that you know he was so happy to be back and yada yada yada. And oh yeah, yesterday we got an NCAA ruling. Well, not an NCAA ruling, a court ruling that about thirty or forty players around the country who were not previously eligible because they had transferred twice. Apparently in the NCAA, you're allowed to do it once for free, and then the others have to sit out. That was what was keeping Jalen Cook on the shelf at LSU. A court, I believe in Indiana, don't quote me on that, blocked that ruling. So now you got 40 or 50 guys who were on ice for a year who are going to be eligible to play. McNeese has two of those dudes on that yeah. list, so they're about to get better. Jalen Cook is going to be playing Saturday, making his debut for LSU, um, so McNeese is going to get stronger. LSU is going to get stronger. This, uh, this stuff is crazy, man. Like if we're getting courts involved and lawsuits and it, it, it's unbelievable, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Again, corruption. You know, you know, it's common. I mean, it, it's here already. There's too much money involved. Too much money involved. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we'll talk. Um, I'll get you some betting picks. We'll talk some NBA. The Pelicans were really, really good last night. And, uh, we'll, we'll talk about, couple of things happening in the world of sports. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. Happy holidays from Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Join us for the wrap-up-the-year sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It is the December to remember, so get a great deal on your dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. It's beginning to look a lot like savings. 
The deputies of the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office remind you to designate a driver if you plan to drink this holiday season. By driving impaired, you endanger others as well as yourself. Designate a driver anytime you plan to drink. Have a safe and happy holiday season. From the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office. Remember, water safety isn't just for the summer months. Water safety is a year-long commitment to our family and friends as well as our community. A few safety tips to remember. Be mindful of children when there is any water around, whether it be pools, ponds, lakes, bathtubs, or the bayou. Keep all bodies of water secure with fences, gates, and covers when not in use. Drowning does not discriminate. It happens to people of every age and swimming ability. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Medicaid members, keep your coverage. Update your address, email address, and cell phone number to receive information regarding your benefits. Act now. If you get a letter from Louisiana Medicaid, read it and respond as soon as possible. For more information or to update your info, call the number on your insurance card or visit healthy.la.gov. That's healthy.la.gov. Remember to update all required information before Medicaid deadlines so you don't lose your coverage. Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Welcome back to play-by-play here on KLEB. Uh, flying solo for the final segment, our guy Coach Kale had to go and take care of some things on the road. We wish him safe travels. Reminder, uh, let's thank our sponsors. The Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 and Cutoff, and also Dufresne Building Materials. Experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. We are... Not broadcasting a ball game tonight. We're off for the day, uh, but we're back at it tomorrow with a doubleheader. Uh, we've got on the FM side, HL Bourgeois and Vanderbilt. And on the AM side, we've got South Lafouche and Destrehan. Um, I think it might be history for us. I think it's going to be the first time that we're doing two games, uh, high school games at one time. Uh, so we're super excited about that. Today is December the 14th, so we still got another couple days of this. A reminder, the Raging Cajun is ready, ready to spread some holiday cheer. Tune in each weekday to KLEB 1600 AM and 102.7 FM between 6 AM and 1130 AM for a chance to win a free $25 gift certificate from Rouse's Markets. Listen for the hog squeal soundbite and then be the fifth caller for a chance to win a $25 gift certificate. Promotion will air from December 4th through December 15th, and it's brought to you by our great friends at Rouse's Markets. Prizes will be mailed to winners, and Coastal Broadcasting is not responsible for any prizes that are lost in the mail. So join Rouse's Markets Bourbon Society to be the first to hear about limited-run bourbons and new releases. Sign up today via email, cheers at rouses.com, to learn more about bourbon brands. Get your holiday bourbon baskets and hard-to-find bourbons at retail prices at Rouse's Markets. So we thank them so much for the support. And if you hear the hog sound from 6.30 to 11, be sure to give us a shout uh, because you got a chance to win that gift card. 
The Pelicans last night got a win over Washington, 142 to 122. Zion Williamson was not in the lineup. Remember, I told you guys yesterday, like, man, the Wizards are terrible um, and, and play extremely poor defense. They're three and twenty right now, so maybe wasn't the worst time to put Zion and get him a little rest if there were any concerns about his ankle. New Orleans scored forty-seven points in the second quarter to grab control of the game after trailing at the end of the first quarter. Get forty points from Brandon Ingram, twenty-seven points from Trey Murphy to go with six rebounds and four assists. Jonas Valanciunas had a big day, sixteen points, eighteen rebounds for a New Orleans team that's now fourteen and eleven. The Pelicans are on a three-game road trip, but it's three games. Let's be honest that they should win all three. They were going to be playing uh, Charlotte uh, tomorrow. The Hornets are not very good. Then on Sunday, they're traveling to take on San Antonio. The Spurs are not very good. Then the schedule tightens up a little bit the rest of the year. You got Memphis, Cleveland, Houston, Memphis, um, Utah, Los Angeles uh, to wrap up the re the remainder of 2023. And Memphis, I believe John Morant's going to be back in the lineup for those games, so the Grizzlies should be a more formidable foe. Uh, like we talked about with the Pelicans, you just got to find that consistency, man. You, Whenever you're playing at your best and you're playing at, your, at, as, at, easy for me to say goodness, as at high of a level as you're capable of playing, you're one of the best teams, but the problem is we don't get that high level of play often enough for anybody to take them seriously as a true championship contender. Um, let's see, we got some betting picks, but we'll get to those in just a second. First, we're going to comb through some of the local headlines, or national headlines, rather. We told you about Draymond Green's indefinite suspension. That's extremely warranted. Um, and hopefully indefinite means 10-plus games, 10-15 games. Like I, his whole thing, man, I didn't mean to. Um, whenever you're the dude that's doing the pushing and the shoving and the punching and the kicking now dozens of times, you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. Uh, for a Golden State team, the dude, look, I, it's early in the NBA season. I don't want to like write anybody off right now, but the Warriors look done. They're 10 and 13. It's an aging roster. Klay Thompson is not very good anymore. You bring in Chris Paul. It's kind of an awkward fit. He's coming off of the bench. You lose the the shooting of Jordan Poole, which I think helped their offense. They don't look very good right now. Um, and they're going to be without kind of Draymond, who's sort of the glue guy there. They'll be without him for the next several weeks at, at minimum. So it's a Warrior team that's really, really struggling and trying to find some air. We have uh, some college football news, and it's kind of roll-your-eyes college football news because Alabama quarterback Jalen Milrow announced today that he's returning to his returning for his senior season. Um, Jalen, God bless you, man. We, we, we love you, bro. Um, uh, but you didn't have any NFL prospects, man. <laughs> we didn't need to hear that you were coming back. It was just sort of understood that you were coming back, dude. You were, um, you're not very good. <laughs> he ended the season playing at a high level, which I guess maybe caused some folks to think, um, that he had some professional aspirations, played great against LSU. So I really shouldn't be talking a whole lot, but Nah, dude, like we it was understood that you were coming back, son. We we didn't need the big announcement. Like we we know you're coming back. <laughs> uh we know you're coming back. Because I don't think the NFL teams are kicking the doors down to try to get you into the locker room. Um CJ Gardner Johnson this is a, a favorite in New Orleans. He's been medically cleared to return to action. Um, he was on the pup list since week two after suffering a torn peck. But he is back at it, and he said that he's going to be 
able to play before the end of the season. So that's good news for the Lions, a Lions team that is kind of hard to figure out, right? Some weeks they're great, some weeks they're not. Um, but we'll see if Gordon Johnson could return and could maybe uh, get a little boost to that Lions team as they've kind of gone into a midseason lull. We've got some high school basketball tonight on the boys' side. We have some matchups. We have, let's see, East St. John traveling to take on St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, we have Terrebonne, who's hosting Frederick Douglass. So that'll be a good matchup. Ellender traveling to take on Brobridge over at the Southside Tournament. That's going to be a tough one for the Patriots. In 3A, we don't have it. No, we do have some. I'm sorry. We've got Patterson taking on Nish in 3A. That's over at the Southside Tournament. Uh, a lot of teams over at the Southside Tournament. That should be an excellent event. Let's see if we could find some scores or some games on the girls' side with some teams that are maybe in action as it's kind of a quiet day uh, with some teams kind of heading to some tournaments. But there are still some games. Like locally, we have HL Bourgeois that was scheduled to take on Covenant Christian, but that game I see now has been postponed. Um, Terrebonne is hosting East Jefferson on the girls' side there, so that'll be an opportunity for Terrebonne to maybe get a victory. Uh, Assumption hosting St. John in girls basketball action. Lutcher traveling to take on Ascension Catholic. Morgan City traveling to take on Patterson. South Terrebonne is going to be traveling to take on Plaquemin. E.D. White is taking on Doyle over at the Hanson Tournament. Um, Doyle's really good. That's going to be a big test for Coach Sinak and his team. Hopefully they could get a big win. Homer Christian School is not in action. Covenant Christian and Bourgeois, as we said a minute ago, are postponed. So, Hopefully our local teams are able to get some wins, and hopefully we have a lot of positive things to talk about during tomorrow's show. Now, let's try to get you some betting picks and some things. Look, we had a really good day. When was it? Tuesday? Yesterday, we was hit or miss. We hit a few. We, we lost a few. wasn't as good as we would have wanted to do. Um, tonight in the NBA, I'm going with the Miami Heat, minus three over the Bulls. The Heat are better than the Bulls. The Heat are a little beat up. That's why the line is what it is, but... I don't know how they call that heat culture or whatever. They, they're going to find somebody to step up next man up. And I think that they're going to get the win. I like over 226 for the Blazers and the Jazz. Neither team is a very good defensive team. I think they'll be able to score on one another. Give me over 226 in that matchup. And tonight, uh, without Draymond Green and the Warriors kind of struggling a little bit, give me my Clippers minus five over the Golden State Warriors. The Clippers are coming in hot. They have improved their record now to 13-10 and 10 on the season. I think that the Clippers are going to beat Golden State. Some college basketball lines that I like tonight in the world of NCAA. Uh, let's see. I like over 125.5 for Wisconsin and Jacksonville State. Wisconsin is a defense-heavy team, um, but they do score when they're facing subpar competition. Jacksonville State comes in 4-6. and six. I think Wisconsin will be able to put some points on the board, and I think that they'll get the win there. And that one fairly comfortably. And I also like tonight, uh, Drake, minus 23. That's a lot of points, but they're playing a Grambling team that's not very good. Grambling is 2-7 and seven coming in. And I like Drake to defend their home floor and get a win there. Tonight in the NFL, we do have a Thursday night game. I was telling you a minute ago I'm not all that interested in it. But I do think that we're going to see uh, an under. Under 35 is my pick tonight for the Raiders and the Chargers. I don't think either team will be able to score on the other. Uh, the Raiders just played a three to nothing game for God's sake. So I think that we're going to see uh, defense or plenty. And I like under 35, even though 35 is not a whole lot of points. Uh, so we'll be keeping our eyes on that one tonight. Me personally, we, like I said, we don't have a game that we're broadcasting here in coastal broad, uh, uh, coastal broadcasting, but I'm going to be making the, the road trip out to golden Meadow middle school. We'll be watching the lions take on Holy Rosary. 
Uh, man, look, I, I want to say this, and, I and I'll close with this. Um, we had a really good crowd the other night for South Lafouche and Central Lafouche. Like, big, big old crowd. The gym was packed. It wasn't standing room only, but there you couldn't fit a whole lot more people in that gym. But some of the other crowds around the area, frankly, have not been as good. Um, went to a, a Vanderbilt boys game the other night that was like empty, empty gym playing South Plaquemine. Um, the Curtis and Vanderbilt game last night had more people. It was a nice crowd. But, man, let's start supporting these student-athletes, right? I mean, if you want to listen to the game on the radio, bring a radio to the damn game and listen with us while there. Bring the support. Bring the environment. Bring the atmosphere. And I'm challenging the folks down the bayou. You go and pack that gym tomorrow when South Lafouche takes on Destrehan. Challenging the folks in the Homa area. Pack the gym tomorrow at Vanderbilt when Vanderbilt's taking on HL Bourgeois. We've got so many talented young men and, and young women in this area. They deserve the fullest of our support. And it just makes it more fun whenever the kids are be able to play before those big old crowds, have an opportunity to really shine bright and um, you know play before really their, their friends and their neighbors and, and, and our community. So go on out and support them um, and, and give them the atmosphere that they deserve to have because it does make a difference. A, a big part of why the South Lafouche and Central Lafouche game the other night was as fun as it was was because of the atmosphere. Tarpon faithful were going crazy. The Trojan faithful were going crazy. It was a great vibe. Last night, the same for John Curtis and Vanderbilt. Hopefully tomorrow we get the same situation, and hopefully all the other schools in the area get the same situation as well. We want to thank Andrew Kiowith for his time. We want to thank Stan Gravois for his time. We want to thank Brian for his time. Hope everybody has a wonderful rest of the day. You have been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. We're going to try to get Damian St. Pierre tomorrow. We're going to get Chandler Guitros on tomorrow. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of the day. Love you guys. God bless. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.